Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to RSI Help Radio. I'm Deborah Quilter, and RSI Help Radio is dedicated to bringing you the latest news and information about repetitive strain injury. Tendonitis is one of the most common manifestations of repetitive strain injury, and anyone who has experienced it knows how debilitating it can be. They also know what it's like to cope with a chronic case of tendonitis because of just how easy it is to re-injure yourself. Today, we are going to talk about tendonitis and a new therapy with Lee Buckler, who is the CEO of Replicel Life Sciences, a Canadian-based company that is working on a product that will use your own body's stem cell to heal tendon injuries. The commercial product must meet government regulations and still in the study age, study stage. So having access to this treatment is a, a little while away, but I think you will find it quite fascinating to learn how this works and why it could be such a boon for people with RSI. Before we begin, I'd like to give you a little background and define a few terms. Tendons are small bands of connective tissue that connect muscle to bone. Tendonitis occurs because of overuse when the body can't replace the collagen, which is the major constituent of the tendon, quickly enough to heal it. Tendonitis can also occur with the aging process. Tendonitis refers to a new injury when it's acute and causes inflammation, which is a sign that the body is trying to heal the damage to the tendon. Tendinosis occurs later when the tendon shows wear but no inflammation. This can occur because people are taking medications which block the production of collagen. Tendinopathy is used to to describe pain in the tendons. So, having said all that, welcome Lee. Hello, Deborah. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for having us. I'm I'm fascinated by by how you've um, delved into repetitive strain injury and are really helping people um, understand, uh, you know, how to cope with it, how to deal with it, but also, you know, the potential things we're working on to to help people, um, you know, get better from it. I know, and it was so exciting for me to see the press release about the new stem cell therapy for Achilles tendonitis, and we're going to get to the other applications soon, but if you could just give us a nutshell version of how this all came about, we would be fascinated to hear it. Well, you know, it, it won't come, um, you know, as a big surprise to, to many of your listeners. But uh, you know, w- we came across um, uh, the science that's the that's at the root of of what we're pursuing now in tendon repair, uh, rather serendipitously. You know, um, a lot of a lot of the best discoveries happen by accident, and uh, we were, uh, you know, as you know, um, um, consumed with understanding the cells in the hair follicle, um, really to understand how we might um, have a new way of addressing pattern baldness in men and thinning hair in women. But it turns out there's a bunch of different cells in the hair follicle. Um, um, There's two families of cells. One family of cells um, has everything to do with growing the hair that we see um, uh, that that comes out of our skin and um, and covers our head and and in some cases parts of our body. Um, uh, But there's another completely independent cell population that has nothing to do with growth of the hair fiber and everything to do with growing the follicle 
that the hair fiber grows in. And as you're, you know, as we all learned in, 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 in grade school science, hair follicles go through um, cycles all the way from the growth phase to a rest phase and then back to a growth phase many, many times throughout our life. And that's when our hair falls out and then we grow a new hair. And so these tissue building cells are very busy building new follicles on a regular cyclical basis. And so these cells do that. They build tissue throughout our entire body, but these, these particular um, cells found in the scalp build the, t- the hair follicle t- um, um, tissue by expressing tissue-building proteins. And it's that cell population that we're particularly interested in for skin repair and tissue regeneration. And it's especially rich, as you told me before. Isn't it something like five times richer than other places where you could have been harvesting the cells? That's what we got really excited about, um, Deborah. Is 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 there's fibroblasts, these these tissue building cells. That's the scientific mm-hmm. name for them. Throughout your entire body, they help you know regenerate your skin, build a lot of your musculoskeletal connective tissue uh, in your body. But these particular fibroblasts, and we think it's because they're protected a little bit from sun damage because they're behind uh, you know the hair, oh. but also because they have to be very busy building all the time you know new um, tissues of the of the hair follicle are very expressive of the of the proteins that they express but especially expressive of one of the proteins that we all uh, that that is the most commonly heard of um and that's a protein that was called type 1 collagen mhm and that's and the one connection, of the building sorry yeah that's sorry, one go of ahead. the building blocks of um this tissue that is formed in the tendon right that's right. So you you know you described in the intro to your listeners that the tendon is a particular has a particular consistency, and 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 mm-hmm. most important to that consistency and the strength and the function of tendons is these rope-like strands or layers of type one collagen, um, and it and it's very it's very um, visible. And when when you get this chronic pain in your tendon, it's because collagen in your tendon has degenerated to a point where it's not strong enough to support you know what you want to do whether that's running or walking or playing tennis or golf or even mm-hmm. just putting the luggage in the bin above your airplane seat right but you were talking about that you can actually see this on an ultrasound can you describe a little bit how that goes you know, the, the, That's right. So, you know, you described again in your intro the difference between tendonitis, which is, uh, you know, when you when you overuse your tendon or, you you know, you've got some injury or, um, uh, you, you, you know, you've overextended yourself. Oftentimes one of your tendons, you know, I've had it many times in my knee, it'll swell up. Um, you mm-hmm. rest or you get physiotherapy and, and, the, and the cells in your tendon get to work and they repair and you're good to go again. That's uh, the mm-hmm. short-term sort of inflammatory stage of, of tendon problems. But when you get a chronic um, um, pain, um, um, you've, got, you've got some kind of tendinopathy or some kind of tendinosis that's really um, not going away. And, and when you go and see your orthopedic surgeon or your doctor, um, they can actually put, you, put the tendon under ultrasound. It's a simple um, you know, imaging technique. Uh, and you can, you can visibly see the degeneration in your tendon. Instead of these well-organized layers of white 
rope-like strands, which is um, of type 1 collagen, you see disorganized little bits of white strands and a lot of black holes. And what that indicates to the orthopedic um, surgeon or whoever is doing the, um, the, the, uh, the, the ultrasound is that your tendon uh, hasn't got a, 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 a tear that can be surgically addressed. It's rather mm-hmm. in, a, in a just a long-term state of degeneration that there's really very little we can do um, for if rest and physiotherapy isn't addressing it. Yes, and that's what's so exciting about this treatment. And I know that you're working on it with Achilles tendons, and I think someone else was doing um, kneecap uh, tendon and lateral epicondylitis, which is tennis elbow. So it looks like, you know, there's some really significant promise there. Um, But... Can you explain what is exactly involved in the process? If I were coming to you for tendonitis and it was far enough along that you could treat, let's say, tendonitis in the forearm or elbow, what would happen? Would you test my uh, tendons and look at them on an ultrasound to know where to put the injection? Or, you know, what is the process like from soup to nuts? Ab- absolutely, yeah. So first of all, you you know your doctor would want to confirm that there's that there's no um, other problem there that that you know that needs to be addressed. There's no abnormal growth. There's no tear that can be you know ideally surgically addressed. And that what we're looking at is you know the the reason for your pain is this just simply um, put a, a chronic degeneration from overuse um, of of your tendon that's not healing. Once we once we have a confirmation of that diagnosis and a confirmation that there's that there's no other uh, a treatment ideally suited for what for what you're experiencing, then um, you would be scheduled for a biopsy. Um, to, um, this is done at just in an outpatient um, 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 clinic where we take a, um, a simple um, biopsy of tissue. Um, you know, it's a it's a hollow needle where we take a, a bit of tissue from the back of your scalp. It's um, just to give you a sense of the size, it's closed by one or two stitches. So it's a very small sample of tissue that we take. From there, you go home, and, um, and six to eight weeks later, um, you come back to the clinic for an injection. What's happened in the meantime is your tissue has been sent to a manufacturing facility where we isolate these cells, um, we grow millions more of them, um, mm-hmm. And we um, and we store them. Um, we cryopreserve them in a vial so that we can store multiple vials for you in case you need future treatment. One of these vials gets sent back to the clinic, where then you would attend um, as uh, as scheduled, um, and they would um, um, prepare the the tendon um, 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 uh, and 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 uh, put it under ultrasound so that they can see where they're injecting, and they would inject. Uh-huh. The cells into the blackest areas. These are the areas uh-huh. which are in the most need of repair. Interesting. And then you um, you go home. 
you come back for a few visits of, of, of physiotherapy. And what we've seen in the clinical studies that collaborators of ours did in the UK, and then in our study um, that we just completed at the University of British Columbia Sports Medicine Clinic in Vancouver, Canada, is that um, 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 a good percentage of these patients see a report, not only a very nice, um, healthy restoration of function, um, significant elimination of pain, but the ultrasound mm -hmm. in some of these patients is absolutely remarkable in terms of how much um, rebuilding of the tendon is shown in, in subsequent ultrasounds. That's just amazing. So, um, how how long does it last? I mean, you you have this almost brand new tendon, um, and it seems like you would just be able to go back to work as normal. Or um, are there any caveats that the doctors would give you about re-injury or anything like that? You know. The, the, the only way we can answer that question with absolute certainty is to do longer follow-up of, of the patients that have been treated um, until we, you know, have clear evidence to support our our theory. But our, our theory and all that we've seen from our animal work and our human clinical work is that, uh, you know, we've used your cells to really rebuild your tissue, and there's every reason to believe that that would be um, as long-lasting uh, as as needed until you know if and when you you know you re-injure yourself or um, or you know you're obviously we haven't made you the you know the six million dollar man we haven't made mm -hmm. you impenetrable to aging um, uh, we haven't made your 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 tendon Im, uh, you know um, immune to further degeneration over time but if we have done what we believe we're observing in terms of truly rebuilding your tendon with your own cells, there's every reason to believe it should last um, and should support you doing, um, you know, the, every activity that you love to do. That's so amazing. So let's say that um, the, instead of getting perfect rebuild, there's still a dark area when they do a follow-up ultrasound. Would there be a possibility of having another injection to fill in that black hole Absolutely. And in fact, you know, we, we may find as we continue to do further clinical testing that we, you know, some patients require uh, more than a single injection um, at the initial time of treatment. So, you know, let's imagine they come back, um, uh, you know, once and then we, um, you know, they require, um, you know, a subsequent injection 60 days later, 90 days later, as the case may be, until we can actually see a full regeneration or an adequate enough regeneration um, to satisfy the patient's um, uh, requirements. There's nothing to preclude us from, you know, should the should the patient, um, you know, now in the future experience, you know, um, further degradation or degeneration of the tendon and and be experiencing some some further pain that we couldn't pull another vial of their cells out of the freezer and um, and give them another, you know, what we could traditionally call like a booster shot, um, you know, so a you year wouldn't or even two have later. To go back and have another biopsy. Um, in many cases, that's true. That's right. We will. We'll, we can. We can have stored your cells stored for you for future use. That's amazing. Now I have a question. This is a really funny question, but what do you when you take those cells out of the the scalp and isolate them? You grow them, but what do you feed them? Do they so grow you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, so th- this has been the subject of, of a, uh, you know, as you'll appreciate, uh, you know, it takes it takes some, uh, you know, a decade to be an overnight success, and we <laughs> we've spent a lot of years um, developing our own proprietary formulas for the nutrients that we feed these cells in. Uh, you know, we call it media or reagents that we that we grow these cells in, but they're rich in the kind of um, um, nutrients that um, not only allow these cells to thrive and grow but also to ensure that they don't become some kind of other cell um, or, or, or demonstrate some other function because cells, cells t- have a tendency to do that. They, you know, un- given the wrong conditions or the wrong, um, uh, you know, ingredients, they can morph into something, you know, um, uh, you can take a fibroblast and build a neuron, uh, uh, you know, in, in the yeah. lab. So we've had to be very, uh, very diligent and careful to make sure that we're growing these cells to maintain exactly the same kind of type of cell and function that we took out of you. And that's been that's been the, the subject of a lot of science and now the subject of patents. You know, it, it reminds me of epigenetics, which is another completely different topic. But um, when we're talking about triggering certain things happening i mean it, it it's just so fascinating so it's it's like you have a secret formula that's ideal to grow these cells and how wonderful that you know you could keep them and um you know give someone a booster shot so to speak uh later well, what on. we're you know what we're really yeah absolutely and, and you know and what we're really excited about as well you know even beyond the kind of work we're doing we're just you know i i fell in love with this whole idea of 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 trying to capture the power of our cells to make new mm-hmm. kinds of treatments and medicines for people um you know partly because it you know this this captures the imagination it's innovative it's it's looking forward it's truly curative and regenerative instead of just dealing with symptoms um um in a way that you know current uh, a lot of current treatments or drugs do but also because it's 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 overwhelmingly natural i mean there's nothing more natural than yeah. using your cells to heal you and 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 that resonates with me and certainly resonates with a lot of people we um we we talk to well, one of the things I was doing in my research, it's so disheartening because a lot of people have tendonitis and they get cortisone injections without realizing that cortisone injections can rupture tendon. And Us. um yeah. And also the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories um prevent healing <laughs> because you don't have the inflammation. So it's kind of making a bad situation worse and many of the current the older treatments for repetitive strain injury aren't really helpful. Um, and so but, I think that, you know, having a natural healing ability, using your own bodies, I mean, it's, it's your own cellular system that you're replicating. I think that's just very appealing. Absolutely, you know. I mean, and it's and it's you know, not only are some of the treatments that people have pursued in the past for these kinds of things, you know, oftentimes for some people at least do more harm than good. But we also see people with, um, you know, dramatic tendon degenerate and rapid tendon degeneration as a side effect of some of the other um, drugs or approaches, yes, uh, you know, that they used for other antibiotics. I know two people who've had serious. One had. Achilles tendonitis, really debilitating, and the other one had very bad tendonitis in his in the palm of his hands and cannot extend his 
you know, flex and extend his fingers normally. And, you know, if there's any way uh, for those tendons to be rebuilt, it would be truly wonderful. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And, but let's let's get to another question. Are there any side effects or would there be any contraindications that you know of for this procedure? No, you know, one of the we're we're really excited because now we've got first in human data across our entire clinical pipeline. You know, as I alluded to in the beginning of the call, we're you know we're we're developing treatments for pattern baldness and thinning hair, for skin rejuvenation, and the topic of today's interview that you know the tendon repair. We've got first in human clinical data now on all three indications from from human f- f- you know, clinical trials, where we have an overwhelming safety profile for for these products. You know, one of the beauties of using a patient's own cells to develop a product is, um, you know, unless we've contaminated the product in the manufacturing process, um, which of course we're extremely diligent in a highly regulated, you know, manufacturing facility to make sure that we don't do, um, there's very little chance of these, um, of this cell-based product to have side effects. So, you know, we, we, we measured every possible kind of side effect, you know, you're required to when you're doing these clinical trials, even things which are completely unrelated to your product in case, you know, in case you don't know what you don't know, you know, when yeah. you're observing these things. So, you know, what we, we've seen no significant adverse events whatsoever. The most we've seen in all of our, um, in all of our um, um, injections, regardless of whether it's the skin scalp or tendon, is minor skin irritations around the injection sites, which typically dissipates um, and disappears and is completely resolved within 24 to 48 hours. Well. Of course, you know, like it's, it's, you know, these cell therapies, you know, we have to be careful with the expectations. We, you know, I don't, even though we're using your cells to treat you and we don't expect there to be um, any, 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 any side of any negative side effects of that. It also doesn't mean that it's going to be, you know, work in a hundred percent of the patients. And this is, you know, biology is, is a, is a complex and there's a lot of things we still don't understand about biology. It's, you know, a wildly successful drug works on 30 percent of the people and we still don't have any way of predicting who it will work on and who it won't and uh, you know this is even though we're using your cells this is as true um, of cell therapy as it is um, uh, of drugs you know we still we're you know we're doing some exciting research right now to to um, to to work on having a better understanding of of how to improve the product to have a higher um, efficacy rates or understanding which patients are more ideally suited for it but the fact of the matter is um, we still expect that it's not going to work on everyone. And probably at this point you don't have any sort of percentage of populations. You know, you can't say it works for 80% right now because I don't think you've had enough time to study We're, it, right? That's right. We're still too early on to, to, to say with, um, with any certainty what percentage of people it does work on. But what we can say with certainty is that it clearly works on some people. And it's coming not fast enough for anybody who wants the treatment. You see this years in the pipeline. Um, well, it's interesting. I, you know, we're a, we're a global company, as you as you said. Um, uh, you know, at the beginning of the show, we're based um, in Vancouver, Canada. We're a publicly traded company here on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Publicly traded in the U.S. on the OTC in Europe on Frankfurt. The technology was originally out of Europe. We have a collaboration mm-hmm. on the hair side with a Shiseido Company in Japan. And mm-hmm. um, and the fact of the matter is, how quickly it gets to market is going to depend a little bit on where you are, where you live in the world. So the Japanese have an 
an opportunity to access these kinds of therapies much faster, unfortunately, than Americans. And that's because the Japanese government um, decided quite pointedly to make a much faster regulatory paradigm for commercializing cell therapies such that commercializing or bringing to market a cell therapy like we're developing is significantly faster in Japan than it is elsewhere in the world. Um, so in certain well, parts of the world, yes, it'll be, it'll be many years. But you know, if we had done this tendon trial that we just completed in Vancouver, Canada, in Yokohama, Japan, instead we'd probably have enough data to take this thing to market. Wow. So maybe people could do a little bit of um, health tourism if they're really eager to try it out, go to Japan. That certainly. That, I mean, I think, think that's certainly an emerging reality. Um, yeah, for 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 many kinds of medicines, and particularly for for stem cell and cell based therapies. So, how much do you think it will cost, and would insurance cover this treatment? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll answer the, the the last question first. You know, there are cell therapies that are administered to patients um, today. They're approved by the FDA, um, um, insured by insurance agencies, um, and you know, prescribed by doctors and administered to patients um, on a daily basis. So there there's already nice predicate for um, for insurance companies covering um, um, uh, you know approved therapies administered to patients, mm-hmm. and even you know stem cell. I mean the the very first use of cells that we uh, that's now common practice in in hospital based oncology treatments is stem cell transplantation. This is a, a hospital based practice. It's not even an approved product, but insurance um, um, agencies cover the costs of of a stem cell transplantation, which can you know range anywhere from um, you know a, a little over a hundred thousand dollars all the way up to in some instances up to eight hundred thousand dollars. So these are you know yeah. phenomenally costly but very effective um, um, protocols which are now a standard part of cancer treatments. Fortunately, our products don't look to cost n- nearly anything, um, uh, you know, in that regard. We expect, um, you know, this this product and treatment to be, you know, it's an outpatient um, treatment, easily handled um, uh, without general anesthesia, certainly, and, and, and handled in outpatient clinics to be single-digit thousands. That's, yeah, well, and, and not having to undergo general anesthesia is really major um, Absolutely. It, you know, it's not something you want to have to do. And so right. you said people need um, physical therapy. Um, so I'm going to ask you, you know, what sorts of aftercare advice do patients receive and what sorts of physical therapy, how frequently do they need it, what kind? Um, there's so many different modalities of physical therapy. Um, is it, you know, specific Absolutely, yeah. So, so you know, we all we can talk to at the moment is is what we've done in our clinical trials. Um, you know, we may find um, uh, as we progress this this product through clinical trials, as we work with more and more doctors, and even after the f- product is approved and available to to physicians, that we can find ways to to better improve the physical therapy regimen to get better results. But what we've done done so far in our clinical studies is um, is we've had um, for physical therapy visits post-injection. And the theory for this, Deborah, is that, you know, cells are, are very smart um, um, little biological entities that respond to the signals they're receiving 
uh, from the body wherever they uh, wherever they've been injected. And so the body is, you know, in the instance of of the tendon, the black holes where we you know we um, inject these cells are crying out for repair cells to come in and and repair, just as if you would you know cut yourself with a knife. You know what happens when mm-hmm. you cut your skin is that the cells you know immediately uh, macrophages come in and clean up the dirt and the debris, and then some T cells come in and make sure there's no infection, and then some fibroblasts come in and start remodeling and rebuilding the tissue. There's various um, cells that play various roles depending on what the body is calling for. And so um, we, you know, we truly believe from all of the science we've done so far and all of the science our colleagues have done so far is that when we inject these cells, they respond to the signals that the body's giving them. And, and subjecting the patient to physiotherapy tells these cells that they need to build um, tendon that can respond to the strains that physiotherapy is subjecting to the tendon. So mm-hmm. we've done um, a first physiotherapy visit within the first week and then three mm-hmm. other visits within the following 60 days. And this physiotherapy has typically involved four things, calf stretching, eccentric loading, um, mm-hmm. um, 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 uh, hip abductor stretching, and, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and um, something else I can't read in my notes. <laughs> Well, I wrote my notes. Yeah, but there's one other kind of um, um, uh, of stretching exercise here that I noted down, and I can't read my own handwriting. I'm worse than a doctor. That's all right. Um, so it's like scar tissue. Scar tissue is one of the reasons why people get so um, re-injured so easily is the scar tissue grows in chaotically. And so the... the That's right, yeah. Oh, it's, I, I, see in my, I see in my notes now that it's... Right. That's exactly right, Deborah. Sorry to interrupt, but I see now that it's, it no. says squats. Um, and, oh, and that's fine. exactly right. That's the, that's the theory, is you want to subject these tendons to just enough um, sort of stretching and exercise that you induce the cells to organize um, these, these new collagen layers in ways that will allow the tendon to do what it's being, what it's, what's being done to it. Mm-hmm. And once... Um is there a commitment after the patient is discharged or do, are they monitored or do you just go home and be happy? You know, for our clinical trial purposes, we obviously require the patients to, to come back on a regular basis in our, in our instances, uh, you know, for our clinical studies on a regular basis uh, for up to six months as we do, you know, um, we subject the patients to monitoring different measurements, different, um, you know, what we call visa scores, VAS scores, which measure pain, measure function. We're subjecting them to blood flow, uh, mechanics um, evaluations. We're um, doing various ultrasounds, but this is just to help us understand the science of the product we're developing. Eventually, once the product would, is commercially available, we would expect the patient um, to come in for the initial biopsy, to come back for the oh. injection, and then to come back for a few physiotherapy visits and be done. Well, we are out of time, Lee. I could talk to you all afternoon. Thank you so much for coming on today. And is there a website that people can go to if they want more information about your company? Absolutely. So the name of the company is Replicel, R-E-P-L-I-C-E-L, Life Sciences, and the website is replicel.com. Thank you so much for that. And thanks to all of you for listening to RSI Help Radio. Be sure to follow the show by clicking the, the red follow button so that you will be notified when the next episode comes up. And until next time, this is Deborah Quilter signing off from RSI Help Radio in New York City. Bye.